Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. I'll be at Newmarket on Saturday to enjoy what should be a fantastic day's racing, featuring the Group 1 July Cup, the Superlative Stakes and the Bunbury Cup, all on the final day of Newmarket's July Festival meeting. Today we speak to Yorkshire-based husband and wife team of Julie Camacho and Steve Brown, who send Shaquille down to Newmarket to run in the July Cup. Looks like he's going to go off as the favourite. There's also racing at both York and Ascot for us to preview, and City AM racing editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action, with Wally Pyra looking ahead to Sunday's final meeting of the season in Hong Kong. So, Bill, what a weekend we've got coming up Saturday in particular. Ten races on ITV. It's going to burn the TV out. We're going to look forward to racing at Newmarket, York and Ascot on today's podcast before we hear from Wally Pyra, the final day of the Hong Kong season coming up on Sunday. We'll look forward to all of that. At Newmarket, we're going to start there shortly. We're going to hear from Shaquille's trainer, Julia Camacho, and her partner, Steve Brown, as well. They're on the podcast today. But um, the weather, poor Michael Prosser at Newmarket, he's got a three-day meeting, the Thursday, the Friday, when we record this podcast, and obviously the Saturday as well. You just don't know, do you, where the rain's going to hit, how much water to put down. It's just a no-win situation for him. Yeah, it's a tricky one for well, for all three courses. This is obviously famously the day that everyone criticised and says shouldn't be on the calendar and the racing should be spread out. There's too much racing and um, too much quality racing on the one day. Uh, and you've got three tracks with dodgy forecasts all on currently kind of good or good to firm ground, good at, good at York and um, good to firm everywhere else. Nightmare job for these clerks, though, because they're watering to maintain good to firm with the threat of 10 mil showers. And then if the terminal showers don't arrive, they're in a real mess because if they haven't watered, it's kind of firm ground and you've got 40% non-runners. So, yeah, it's a job you wouldn't want. And at Newmarket, they have rain over on the, the Rowley Mile and not on the July course. They've had that in the past where it's just so, so localised, it's hard to tell what's going to happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, the Newmarket have got, Rain forecast on Friday, up to 10 mils, supposedly going to arrive on Friday. But when mm-hmm. they say up to 10 mils, it could be nothing. And if yeah. it's nothing, you know, it's quite hard for him to know whether to water water tonight or not. I mean, he's 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 got, we're recording this on Friday morning, he's got good to firm ground. Um, and he's expecting, I, th- I think he was saying, four to five mils potentially um, on Saturday. Um, but if the, if the 10 mils arrives in, in its entirety on Friday and then you get four to five mils on Saturday, you're going to be looking at good to soft or softer. Um, yeah. So it's really it's really hard from a tipping point of view too because um, as we go through this pod, we've got lots of races to go through. We've got 10 races, but we'll we'll also talk about just horses to keep an eye on if the ground changes. There's a few in there, aren't there? There'll certainly be a few in there that'll be looking for a bit of rain. We'll see how that develops. Okay, 10 races. Let's start then. Uh, 250 Newmarket It's the first ITV racer HQ. It's a mile handicap. 12 runners. Havannah Blue in good form. It's won both races at Newmarket recently. Over seven. Clive Cox has had winners uh, at Newmarket. Had winners at Doncaster as well on Thursdays in good form. He's booked Ryan Moore 
uh, to ride this one. I think it's the first time Ryan's bitten on Havana Blue, taken on the likes of uh, Tafriz for William Haggis and Royal Dubai, Marco Botti, etc. But uh, Clive Cox in good form. And when you notice he's got Ryan on board, it's usually a very much a positive sign. Yeah, good good jockey booking. Havana Blue looks the obvious one here. Uh, he, he's one that won't want the rain. Uh, his his improvement has come about by meeting better ground. Uh, when he won at Newmarket, the, it, it was the better ground, having flopped at Goodwood on the softer stuff. Um, you know, the, the the ground should be fine for him, but anything worse than good, um, you know, you might not even see him take his part. But um, he looks the obvious one. Tafridge is a horse I like. Uh, wanted to see him step up to a mile. Stepped up to a mile and won last time, admittedly in a much worse kind of quality of race. Um it was only a four-runner handicap at, at Yarmouth, but it proved that Amar was his trip. Everything he was doing beforehand, he was getting going too late. Um, Tavridge will keep Havana Blue up, up to his kind of task. Uh, Royal Dubai is lightly raced, uh, is is talented. Quick quick reappearance after, um, uh, you know, v- v- from his second month ago for a horse that's, that's lightly raced. Um, he, he'll go well, but look... To be honest, it's not a race I've got the strongest of views on. I think if you can get nine to two Havana Blue on fast ground, mm. uh, time of recording is nine to two with Hills. He's nine to two with Bet Three Six Five. Um, if if Friday's rain doesn't hit, which I'm, I think it might miss. I'm just guessing. Um, if it doesn't hit, nine to two is a really good bet. Havana Blue. Ryan Moore's a really good jockey booking. Stables in great form. Stepping out to a mile first time should suit. He's really getting his act together. Um, it definitely won't be a nine to two chance. <clears throat> I think on fast ground it'd be near a kind of seven to two, eleven mm. or four territory. And I think at nine to two he would probably get the call from Tavridge. At three twenty-five, it's a seven furlong group two superlative stakes. Ryan's gonna be on the favourite here, pretty much for sure, unless something goes drastically wrong. City of Troy for Aiden in the uh, John Magna colours, a winner of uh, his only start at the Curra, winning by two and a half lengths, taken on the Godolphin horse. Great truth, Charlie Appleby, Will Buick. They did well on Thursday. They uh, had a really tight uh, battle with another good Godolphin and a Kumo horse on Thursday. And it was Appleby that won that one. Will Buick rides the horses won one race, seven furlongs at Leicester, but he won very easily by five and a half lengths. Hartem goes for Richard Hannon, Iberian, Spanish Phoenix, and son, another Hannon horse. In Julie Wood colours, is it another another battle between Aiden and Charlie in the three twenty five? Yeah, looks it. I mean, City of Troy, immaculately bred by by American superstar Justify, out of a uh, Group One winner together forever. Obviously, won the Phillies Mile. Um, he he looked really good in his debut a couple of weeks ago. He won. Admittedly, wasn't the the, the best maiden in the world, but won at the Curra in really good style. Um, bred to be good. Uh, Aiden doesn't normally go down this route, but to the superlative, but he's won it in the past. Um, just looks really hard to beat. He's one of those ones you 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 start off looking at and thinking, oh, I want to take him on because <laughs> there's enough in here to take him on. Mm. Um, there's my old old friend Hartem's in there, um, a horse that um, I was very keen on at Epsom when he finished third, and then I went from Ascot in the um, Coventry Stakes at a big price at forties and. We're back to meet each way four places, and he obviously finished fifth, as you do. Um, but that was a really that was a really good run. But I think he's well worth a chance over seven furlongs. Whether he's good enough um, to win a race like this, I'm not sure. Um, 
there's lots of one run once, one once kind of horses in here, like Great Truth, who won at Leicester by miles, won by five and a half lengths. Um, when we saw him make his debut, another well-bred son of Dubarwe. There's our Iberian of Charlie Hills, who was impressive, the winner at, at Newbury. So it's 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 no shoo-in uh, for City of Troy, <laughs> but it's one of those ones where I always ask myself, look, do you want to lay this horse at six to four or do you want to back him? And I wouldn't feel that comfortable laying him at six to four because mm-hmm. I think he could be quite classy. Um, he could develop into a Guinness contender. Um you know, he, he could end up going down the kind of Dewhurst route for all we know at this stage. Yeah. You know, if Fast Crown Seven Furlongs, he could end up going to the Champagne Stakes or the Dewhurst. You know, he 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 just looks quality, and I wouldn't want to lay him. So, look, I think I think he would probably get the call at six to four because we just know the quality that he is. Um, Hard Tem is ten to one each way with William Hill. Certainly, worst each way bets in the world. Um, if I'm honest, I've probably played two units to win City of Troy six to four, and a unit each way on hard term at tens. At four o'clock, seven furlongs. It's the Bunbury Cup Heritage Handicap with a maximum field, so big field going. And Royal Ascot form being brought here to the table. Montasib was uh, seven and a quarter lengths and down the field in the Buckingham Palace Stakes goes for William Haggis. Awal was four lengths behind Jimmy Hendricks in the Royal Hunt Cup. Blessing was also in that race, beating four and a half lengths in the Royal Hunt Cup as well. He goes for David Simcock. Awal for the Crisfords, by the way. Biggles goes for Rafe Beckett, comes into this one. Uh, also from the Buckingham Palace Stakes, where he's beaten four and three quarter. There wasn't an awful lot between some of those. And also Streets of Gold for Eve Johnson Horton, uh, finished uh, only just over a length behind in the seven furlong jersey. At Royal Ascot, so a lot of these bringing out Ascot form in, and and most of them not beaten too far, Bill. No, a, a, a real wide open contest. This is you'd expect for the Bunbury Cup. Um, Mondeseb seems to be favourite for all these kind of seven furlong, um, valuable handicaps for the, for the Haggis team with William Buick taking the ride. Definitely respected, like you said, him him and a while a while ran really well. Um, went third to Jimmy Hendrix in the in the Hunt Cup, and. Um, yeah, but he's dropping to seven. I didn't think he was desperate to drop to seven furlongs, but um, he's in good nick and um, shouldn't be far away. I really like bless him last year's winner, the old boy, nine-year-old here. I, mean, I was desperate for Jamie Spencer to win his appeal because I think he's an important part of this horse's story, as you can see from from jockey bookings But um, in the past. But Callum Shepard ridden him in the past and, and, and got on well with him. I just wish Spencer was on him because it it would make me more confident in the in the in, in the way this horse has ridden and played late. Um, look, t- twelve months ago he won this. He beat Roby Gas off a mark of one hundred and one. He's only a pound higher. He ran a really good race when fifth um, at Ascot um, behind Jimi Hendrix uh, in the Hunt Cup. But I think seven furlongs fast ground is perfect for him. Um, I just like the way he'll travel in behind. He, he he's just the perfect Spencer ride, but I think Cal Shepard will know how to ride him. Um, and I thought he was just, I thought he was the play here. He's 17 to two with Hills. I think he might drift and we might get bigger. Um, but I just think he'll run really well. I think the, the conditions of the race um, will help him. I think there's plenty of pace around him, as you'd imagine. Uh, and he, he get the call at 17 to two each way. I just think he'll run really well. Um, at a bigger price, uh, even though we tipped him in the race last year, star of Orion, <laughs> of Ray Beckett and Russell Ryan, um, bombed out 
behind bless him in this this 12 months go off a mark of 98 but is six pounds lower off 92 here and, and got nice bits of new market form um been in good form this year was second to Montesib last time at new market i just thought that he would run well too so i'll go i'm gonna play two i'm gonna play bless him and star of orion both each way feature race on saturday at new market and in fact for, for the weekend really it's the 435 six furlong Potemps Network July Cup. We'll get Bill's thoughts on the nine runners in a moment. The likes of Shaquille, who's one of Bill's favourite, having done him a big favour. We'll talk about that shortly. Azor Blue, she looks really good as well. Little Big Bears had that scare and not been able to canter for a few days. Kin Ross probably uh, needs a bit of rain for Rafe Beckett. Cardem's been supplemented, having won the uh, Jubilee. And Ascot, our power's going to go off pretty quickly in front. But before we hear from Bill, let's hear from Julie Camacho and Steve Brown, husband and wife team who train Shaquille. And, of course, jockey bookings will be a big factor. We'll mention that in the interview. Spoke to them on Wednesday and on Thursday as well. There was a Zoom conference on Wednesday with Julie and Steve. And on Thursday, I spoke to Steve in the yard as well. Uh, and we started off talking to Julie Camacho about how Shaquille had come out of that uh, terrific win in the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot. He seems to have been in great form. He's come out of his race well. Um, we turned him out for three or four days and he started to get a bit fresh. So he, he cantered on the Wednesday after Royal Ascot. And we've been happy with him. He did a nice piece of work on Saturday and everything seems to be good. I think it's the next logical step for him is to take on all the horses. Um, obviously, they're getting allowance. He's a big, strong colt. So physically, for all, he'll be probably a nicer horse next year. Physically, he's a big, strong fellow who holds condition well. Um, so we're relaxed about it. It's uh, we feel as though we felt all along this was the next step um, after um, after Ascot. We'll see how it all works out. You know, Saturday will be a different pressure from the perspective. It looks like as we speak, he's going to be favourite. Whereas we went to Ascot, and obviously the the Coolmore horse, Little Big Bear, was a quite a short price favourite. So you know, you you sort of go in there slightly under the radar with no expectations of beating him you know um, um but um so that'd be different from that perspective but you've got to deal with that haven't you, you know that lovely position to be in to have a, a, a favorite in a in a in a group one race the uh, july cup carries a lot of you know heritage history with it some great horses have won it in the past who've gone on to make good stallions so you know yeah you know, just looking forward to it i think you know the main thing is always uh to get him in there getting there a1 you know so he can his absolute best. Because everybody only sees him at the races and they think he's this ignorant, big, yeah. horrible animal. And he's not. He's lovely at home. You know, the girl that looks after him rides him every day. And if he canters up the six in front, it looks like an old bump horse lobbing away up. And he'd be quite happy just to walk up the six. Two speeds, slow and mm. flat out. No, he's not at all. No, he's, a, he's a very tractable horse, bro. He's, um, he, he, he's, um, He's a horse that prefers to lead in his work. If you yeah. ask him to join a horse, if you ask him to join a decent horse, he might not get there. He's relaxed and laid back. But when he leads in his work, he's a different beast. He likes horses joining him. And his work is good, but not exciting. We have better work horse at home, two or three better than him at home. Um, but that's his way, and that's his, been his way all the time, so we accept that. And as Jill said, he's a lovely character. He's a, he's a kind colt. Um, Loves his turnouts. He did the night stables. He just gets turned out in his paddock, and he really enjoys that. 
when you go to get him in, it's, a, it's probably a little bit of a soft thing to say. You go to get him in, if he's at the other side of the paddock, you, you call him and he walks over to you. He's got great recall. He's, he's a lovely fella to be around at home, yeah. So that's uh, Gilly Camacho and Steve Baker talking to the Zoom press conference on Wednesday for the media. I also managed to catch up with Steve again on Thursday morning, just after the declarations had been made at 10 o'clock, to uh, have another chat about Shaquille, and in particular, the booking of the jockey, they're gone with Ross Orion. It was difficult, but straightforward in its own way. So basically, um, as we know, that Asheen's suspended and James isn't available through his contract to and He's at uh, Ascot. We were waiting on Ryan Moore's situation, obviously, yeah. um, with the Kuma horse, not a definite runner. That's been declared. And Ross is someone we've spoke to in the past about riding the horse. So it's just the first time that things have actually come together. He was initially, you know, um, on one or two occasions, you know, he's, he's been in our thoughts. Uh, it was, it was, you know, for all we've had a lot of interest, which is very, you know, kind for people to ring and offer the services. You know, for us, it was pretty, um, you know, we pretty much knew where we wanted to go. But, you know, those decisions are made jointly, you know, by Martin and ourselves. Um, Ross has ridden plenty for us in, well, he's been for us in the past and mainly through Martin. And it, it, it's, it's gone well. So, you know, we're, right. we're, we're quite relaxed about all that. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We don't feel as though it's a... He's obviously, Ross is riding particularly well. He's had, he had a great Royal Ascot. The confidence is high and, you know, we've every faith in him, you know. If they're not ringing you up when you've got a Group 1 winning horse that's won five in a row... That's right, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll never be ringing you up, will they? Yeah, that's true enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we sort of, you know, we, we were quite flexible with our jockey range on a daily basis anyway. Yeah. But when, uh, when we head down south, Martin prefers a, a jockey that knows the tracks well, you know, and rides on them consistently. And, you know, that's for all the runners, not Shaquille, you know, that's for all our runners. Yeah. And, and the opposite when they come north, you know. Now, obviously, f- for the yard, it's been a... F- fantastic few months really culminating with that win at Royal Ascot but how different is it going to be driving down to Newmarket on Saturday mm. compared to going up to York back in October when he was rated 84 <laughs> yeah I mean things have certainly progressed um, probably a little bit faster than we anticipated I'm being honest we always knew he was a nice horse um, but you know he sort of made particularly good progress over the winter and um, he's always shown that he's a good level of ability. But I think, you know, as a two-year-old, he was physically okay. But mm-hmm. now he's physically strong, you know. And I think he's he's got the, um, you know, he's developed into a a, um, a nice strong colt to, to um, accompany his ability, if you like. You know, he's got the, the physical strength to accompany uh, accompany the ability that he has. You know, so it's so just like anything with horses, you know. You see these processes taking place it's usually over a period of time we were determined not to have a first him as a two-year-old although we did run him in a group three in his second start and after that we sort of said right let's slip back um, yeah. and i think a lot of his immaturity last year as well was mental as well as physical right we found he's grown up a lot from that perspective and he's making life easier for us at paresis you know i think that all contributes towards an improvement in his performance as well because um you know obviously um, you know, he's channeling all his energy in the right direction, or more of his energy in the right direction. Yeah. Now, Julie said in the Zoom conference that you had on Wednesday that he's mm. got two speeds, called a 
stop and very quick. Do you think? Do you think the fact that he missed the break in the Commonwealth Cup and, mm. and only has those two speeds and doesn't yeah. know any other way kind of wasn't a massive disadvantage for him in the end? I, I thought probably that Ascot it worked in his favour. My biggest worry going to Ascot that he would jump smartly and over rest. Yeah. I don't see Ascot as being a really good front runner's track. We know it can be done. Uh, we know it can be done as we saw once or twice throughout the meeting, but I think it's a track that on the straight course especially, or mainly on the straight course, rewards patience. And, the, the you know, when he started slowly, the, for a sheen, the die was cast and he knew he had to be patient. And it sort of worked out well for him, didn't it? It, was, you know, it did, yeah. He won the, won the group one, yeah. Saturday, you know, this, this track at Newmarket tends to suit horses that race a touch handier. And uh, I think if we're on the back foot on Saturday, it, it sort of won't work to his advantage like he did at Ascot, you know. And, and that's the first time he'd ever done that, isn't it, in the stalls? Yes, yeah, we hope it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, no, we hadn't seen anything like it before, and we're just putting it down as a one-off at this moment in time. Um, so, you know, we hope there's no repeats on Saturday. Um, he certainly his behaviour loading, etc., is improving all the time. Um, the priority has been to get him in the stalls, um, whereas now Craig feels a little bit more confident. He feels, oh, you can load a touch later, etc. Right. And he will have to stand in there as long, which doesn't obviously then test his patience as much. Well, well I have to tell you, um, my racing editor, Bill Esdale, who is on the mm. podcast with me every week, he tipped him up at mm. Newbury... But not just for the Newbury race, but he tipped him at 40 to 1 for the Commonwealth oh, well, Cup. There you go, brilliant. And then he tipped him up on the day for the Commonwealth Cup. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's either got a picture of you and Julie or the horse <laughs> in his house. Because yeah, you know his favourite horse, is it? It's his favourite horse at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think after he's... Um, I know one or two people backed him after Newmarket, you know, when he won the handicap and quite taking fashion. Right. Um, and at the time, we were sort of not purely driving to go to Ascot we thought we wanted to find an interim step which was obviously Newbury mm. just to make sure we're heading in the right direction we can handle a step up in class yeah which he obviously did quite well and then it was logical then to go to to, to Ascot you know and, and what has James Doyle and Asheen said when they got off him because obviously you get lots of good yeah. feedback from top jockeys yeah look, I think they've been impressed with his levels of ability um yeah, and obviously these are guys that are associated and ride top class horses quite often. Yeah. They? You know, they're, they're in the best in the country working for top operations and they know what a nice horse feels like. And I think they've both been, you know, they've both been in, quite impressed with him, you know, mm-hmm. um, in his, his levels of ability. They're very polite, reserved guys, you know, but they've got that across that they think he's a, he's a, he's a, good, he's a nice horse and... I think there's also the feeling that we possibly haven't quite yet seen the best of him, you know. Yeah. I think that comes more from us than them, but you know, that's what you hope. I mean, we like to train horses to develop. We don't take a short-term view on any horse. We've, we're 22 olds this year and we've run one, you know, so we've always got an eye on the future. Really likeable pair, obviously. Julie Camacho and Steve Brown, they trained Shaquille, who's uh, put it up a sequence. He's only been beaten the once. That was back in August last year. Over seven furlongs at York. Since then, dropped to six. He's won a handful of races. I know, Bill, you tipped him up to win at Newbury, that to Carnarvon Stakes. You also tipped him up 40s to win the uh, Commonwealth Cup as an anti-post. And on the day where he came back to win that race at nine to one. 
you know, it's a great team. They're very you know, patient with their horses. The owners know that when they send the horses to the Camacho yard, they don't rush them along. They've not had many two-year-olds so far. Shaquille's just been an absolutely brilliant flagship bearer for them for the season. But he's a bit short at nine to four. The likes of Azul Blue, who's beaten Highfield Princess at York in the Group 2. And Highfield Princess ran two good races at Royal Ascot. And then the question mark with Little Big Bear. It's quite intriguing. Kin Ross needs the rain. What do you see? How's this going to go? Yeah, really, really good good race. Small, smallish field for a July Cup. You know, uh, only only the nine runners. But you can make a case out for for plenty of them. You know, it just depends on what the weather does, really, doesn't it? You know, we've discussed, you know, if it starts to pour with rain on, on Friday and then they get more rain on Saturday, um, you know, you've got a different different contest altogether. And plenty of money around for Kin Ross, um, who you mentioned. I mean, he's, he's he's a horse that, you know, the rain can would be challenging for favouritism. He's 9-2 to two, or that's the time recording on, on Friday morning, but... You know he'll be challenging for favoritism if if the rain comes. Um, I can t- totally see that. Um, fun enough, I, I think people have missed the trick there. I think if if Kim Ross is four to one now or nine to two on the basis of the rain coming, there's no way Vardream should be forty to one. Exactly. Yeah. If, if the rain if the rain comes, but I don't think it'll come in sufficient quantities for for for. The dream, uh, Kim Ross. He's. He, I, I totally get him. Um, you know, he 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 ran a remarkable race in the Breeders' Cup last year in the mile, just being touched off, um, and that was lightning fast ground. So, mm. doesn't need it to be that soft. Little Big Bear, we should talk about him. Um, you know, he there's there's no real logical reason that he should reverse the form of Shaquille on Ascot running. I mean, uh, uh, Shaquille gave him a ten length start and beat him, and Little Big Bear's had an interrupted preparation. Um, it's hard to hard to kind of see why um see why he should reverse that form. Uh, I, Shaquille, I'm a, a big fan. Your original question was, is he too short? I mean, nine to four if he wins is fair enough, isn't it? I, I think um he proved he's a top notch at Ascot last time. There's no real reason to think that he won't be, but it just it just comes down to value. Um, I think looking at this, I think the value could be a zero blue because I think she'll continue to drift. I think there's horses in here that will attract support. There's always the risk that Little Big Bear could come out. Um, you know, they've said that they're going to look in, on Friday and look again on Saturday yeah. and make a final call. So then you're in rural full world. But if, if Little Big Bear runs, there's bound to be support for him. Shaquille's always going to be supported because of the profile of the horse. And I mentioned about the money for Kim Ross. It's just a chance that Azure Blue could take a walk in the market. She was kind of three to one before declaration. She's already kind of drifted across the balls to seven to two. When she kind of touches fours and nine to two, you know, she, she, she's not got a great draw in trap one, but she's very progressive. And we know what Michael Dodds can do with these sprinters. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's on a proper roll and she's won her last four <laughs> in really good style. The last two at the back end of last season. And then, you know, beat Heredia first time off a new market. But that was a really good win when she beat Highfield Princess um, in the Duke of York Clipper Stakes. You know, that was a rock-solid form. And I, I just think she's she's probably just a forgotten horse. She's She could drift out to an each-way price, and I just think she's rock-solid. And look, Sha- Shaquille's the progressive one. He's going to be hard to beat. But from a betting point of view, I think Azir Blue is the one. We look forward to July Cup 
at Newmarket. I'm going to be at Newmarket on Saturday. So if you see me, come and say hello or run away, whichever way. Uh, it'll be a good day's racing. Look forward to it. I hope it's not too wet and windy, but uh, I choose one day go racing a year and it's the worst summer day of, of the whole lifetime. There we go. So uh, come racing. It's fun. Uh, York. We're going to go to York. Some races up there. Two o'clock is when we get going out over a mile. Uh, a handicap with 12 runners. Wild Lion for Said, who won at York last time out. And just uh, holding on, beating Guido by half a length in a cracking finish. It's eight to one on that occasion. We're going to be shorter on Saturday. Blue for you for David O'Mara. William Haggis has got Aaron Make, who was third at Sandown. Eileen Dubbs in the race for Carl Burt. La Trinidad in there for Roger Fell and others as well. Uh, we always say, I always say, say his horses are pretty much uh, underrated a lot of the time, but he could have the favourite here. And Wild Lion, it was a really nice performance after a, a bit of a gap from February to June, had a bit of time off, and he came back and really battled for that seven furlong win. He steps up to a mile on Saturday, Bill. Yeah, he sets up for a mile. That that was that was a really good performance for him. Um, but the first thing we should say about York is is the ground. I mean, that's it's already good, and there's rain forecast. It just depends on it again. Similar story, how much rain falls. You can make a case out for plenty of these, depending on how much rain falls. But I should mention Blue for you. Uh, it was a horse that um, I fancied at Ascot. Nothing went raw, right for him. Um, in the Royal Hunt Cup. I actually stood and watched the race with two of his owners, um, Peter Alderson and Mike Francis, who are lovely guys who were involved um, with Rare Edition with me. And um, they, they're they two of the three owners of Blue For You. And it just didn't go right for him there. The return to his beloved York will really help. Um, dropped a mark in the 90s for the first time in, in, in five runs. I mean, he's off 99, and last summer he, he, he was winning here at York off 96. So, stable's in good form. Uh, wouldn't want too much rain, um, but he's, he's top weight here, but he's top weight for a reason. I think he's very classy. Um, yeah, and, and I'll stick with Blue for you. Look at the prices. You can get 13 to 2 Blue for you. If the rain stays away, all the better. Um, yeah, he, he'll get the vote each way. 235, it's the five furlong city wall stakes, which is listed with 11 of them. Regional's been great for Ed Bethel, winning at York over course and distance, and then winning in the Achilles, the listed race at Haydock most recently. Silky Wilkie's in there for Carl Burke, having finished a short head second at Epsom on Derby Day. Queen Me brings in that Commonwealth Cup form, three lengths behind Shaquille. The Royal Ascot for Kevin Ryan. Great states in there as well for Richard Fye and Chipstead, who were disappointed in Royal Ascot and the Woking and was never really involved, beaten a long way. But before that, had one over course and distance. So uh, regional, a horse in form in this 235. Yeah, horse in form. Was was really impressive last time uh, uh, at Haydock. <laughs> he, he was... You know, he looked like a potential group horse in the making there. And, you know, he's been handled brilliantly by a Bethel. Um, and this is, a, a again, a, a step step up. Uh, even though it's listed class, he's got to get go, go and jump up again here. Um, won't get it easy up front like he potentially did that day. But he's he's really likeable. I suppose the, the one question mark with him um, 
might be whether he wouldn't want too much rain um, because he looked looked to be very effective on, on fast ground last time. Um, <coughs> this was a horse who was third to Comanche Falls in the Stewards Cup um, last year, and he just he, he stays well, um, which will help him. Even though he's, this is this is five, um, loads to, loads to like. One of my or one of my one of my big cliff horses or many people's cliff horses is in this race. Old Mondamage is in here. Um, who actually put up in that race behind regional at Haydock. He, he finished eighth of 10, just n- never, never traveled a yard that day. Um, but it's bounced back with a good run since. He was second at Donkster to Bond Chairman and then finished fifth to Vintage Clarets at Newcastle. Um, he's going to get the real strong pace to aim at here that, that he'll he'll enjoy. Um, you know, you look around, this tea spirits in the race and Silky Wilkie, you know, there's lo- there's loads of loads of pace here, and um, look, I, I think regional's the most likely winner. I'm looking at the prices now. You can get seven to two regional. I can imagine that being shorter if the rain stays away. But I'd just be tempted with the eighteen to one Mondamage, just a small stakes each way. Um, I think that's probably the way I play. I probably play two points to win regional, and I probably do one unit each way Mondamage at eighteen. There's a cracking contest at ten past three. The extended mile and a quarter John Smith's Cup handicap. Maximum field at the moment of 22, and Sonny Liston brings in Ascot form. Two lengths behind Jimi Hendrix. He won the near side group. Jimi Hendrix won the far side group. They were wide apart in the Royal Hunt Cup at Ascot. And Sonny Liston for Rafe Beckett is going to be very popular in this one. See, the Casper goes for the Christopher team, having won at Linkfield. That was a 10 furlong handicap. So we're really putting up in this one. Long tradition goes for Saeed, another winner. That was at Chelmsford over 10 furlongs. Spirit Dance is in there. Nobel is in there as well. So too is Scampy, who uh, won the race at York back in May and uh, had a good second last time out in the old Newton Cup, just uh, getting touched off by Wanton Sun not too long ago, was it? Last, uh, last Saturday, in fact. And Scampy's back for more in one of the syndicate ownerships. Uh, Always tricky, of course, the John Smith's Cup. Twenty-two of them, Bill. Yeah, impossible. As you'd as as you'd imagine, you can make a case out for ten of them and not and, and, and get them on pace. Um, but Sunny Liston's obvious uh, on on the back of a good show at Ascot. See the Caspers uh, look different gear last time. Um, long traditions, probably very well handicapped. Um, was on my radar early on the week. I mean, bounce back at Chelmsford um, after a two-year absence. Um, looked like a group horse that day. Um, my concern is that was three weeks ago. It's just the old bounce factor. You know, if long tradition doesn't bounce, he could be anything. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a group horse lurking in here as long tradition. But I just worry about the bounce. I mean, there's money around for him. He's, he's, he's nearly favourite in a few spots, but, um, you know, he could easily be the group horse thrown in here. I'm going to take a swing at a couple here um, at biggish prices. I like uh, I like White Wolf, that Cy Bin Sarah's other runner um, for Paul Hannigan. Uh, didn't stay at Ascot last time. Um, you know his 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 two disappointing runs recently have come over a mile and a half, and the the good run in between is over a mile and a quarter. Um, shaped okay behind Akita Shushi last time at Ascot. Um, just. Got a bit short ruminate on, but I don't think we're seeing out the mile and a half. Um, that was off this mark, 101. I just think White Wolf can go well. Um, at around 14 to 1, I think. 
He's one. And then at a much bigger price, our old friend Marie's Diamond, um, who I went for at Epsom, put up at 12, went off at 11 to 2 and came last to the six from Regal Reality, just went too hard from the front. Um, returned to this trip and track will help um, off a mark of 96. Was second to Marvea, the champ at York back in May. So we know he handles the trap really well. Um, I just thought 25 to 1 was too big. It's a horse that can hit the frame at a big price. Um, a lot of these firms are offering, you know, Skybet are offering seven places, Hill six places. Um, I thought 14, 16, White Wolf and 25 to 1. Marie's Diamond each way, the way to play it. Got a small field of six in the 345, a mile and three quarters. John Smith Silver Cup Stakes, it's a group three. And I think the top two in the market are probably going to be looking for some rain. Hamish, who came out, needs a bit of cut, winning the Ormond Stakes in fine style up at Chester for William Haggis. And Tom Marquand is uh, sent up to York on Saturday to ride once again. And Tashkar for Brian Ellison, who uh, probably needs a bit of rain as well, having run a couple of times on very soft ground over in France. It seems to be his best... Uh, conditions so the top two will be looking for a bit of rain does that completely change if there's no rain would would hamish even be running in that particular case remember they've already had the rain they've had like 12 14 mils in the build-up so they're they're already good at york so i don't think even the rain doesn't come in the quantities they think it's going to come it's going to affect these because it's still probably on the softer side of good anyway um so i think they'll both take their, their chance they look the two obvious obvious ones um Hamish was brilliant on his reappearance. Um, it's really hard to see beyond him. I, I can see the case for Tashkan if it became a complete bog. Um, but like you say, I, I think if it came bog, it just helps Hamish just as much because he's equally as effective. You know, on ratings, he's rated 117 and Tashkan's 108. And there's three pounds difference with him at the weight. So he's got to seriously underperform Hamish. Um, it looks a duel between them. Um, but I can't really see you keep it short and sweet. I can't really see beyond Hamish. I wouldn't want to lay him at four to six. Um, would I want to back him at four to six? Probably not, but certainly want to lay him. I think Hamish will win. Two races from Ascot we're going to cover. They get it quite early, 145 with a five furlong handicap, 19 runners. Kings Lynn, owned by the King and Queen. One of these horses just doesn't win. It really runs well and is close, but never gets up to win for Andrew Balding. Uh, Harry Davis back on board on Saturday. Bond Chairman's in there. Rohan, we know he loves Ascot Vintage Clarets. Equilateral is in there. Razzle's in there. All the, the famous ones. Arecibo takes his chance. Uh, Harry Brown's in there as well. Uh, and I've got to say, there's always further down called Get It, which is trained by George Baker's, owned by my racehorse and partners, one of the syndicate, of which I'm a member. So on the only day I go racing, my horse runs at Ascot, and I'm booked to go to Newmarket. Brilliant planning. But this is, <laughs> I mean, it's a fire. I don't think it's Saturday is get its day. I think he wants to get him ready for a big run at Glorious Goodwood in a few weeks' time. But Kings Lynn, is this a cliff horse, or what are we talking about here? Yeah, I mean, he... he um... It's very very good sprinter on his day, and if you look at um, Kings Lynn, I mean, he caught the eye. Travel with Menace in the uh, Wokingham last time, 
didn't quite see it out or go through with his effort, but he travelled all the way on his own over the far side quite sweetly for Harry Davis. I thought he was going to win. Obviously, it was race. We luckily put St. Lawrence up, but um, the one horse I had my eye on was Kings Lynn because he was travelling so well. So I remember thinking to myself at the time when they crossed the line, I'd be interested if Kings Lynn drops back to five furlongs next time. Why doesn't he go for that valuable five furlong handicap? And obviously Andrew Balding was thinking in the same way. And here he is. He's dropping back to five furlongs. And when you go back through Kings Lynn's form, um, his, his, his form figures read... 7, 14, 4, 10, 8, 2, 9. So that's where you get your kind of cliff horse label from. But if I take out his six furlong runs and just leave the five furlong runs for you, his form figures are 2, 1, 7, 2, and that's it. 2, 1, 7, 2. And the 7 in there was behind Nature Strip in the group one. Um, in the King Stand, so mm-hmm. you know he's he's a he's a proper out and out five furlong horse. Um, there's no secret from the handicapper; he's rated 107. Harry Davis takes off a valuable three pounds. <laughs> he's drawn 18. Whether that's the right place to be, who knows? And ask it. It's difficult to second guess, but it's um, he's he's very smart on his day. Um, you've got a proper other Ascot horse in Rohan. Not sure he's suited by the drop to five furlongs, and he hasn't really been in great form. Um, Bond Chairman, Bond Chairman, and Mountain Peak fought out the finish to this um, twelve months ago. Bond Chairman emerged the winner. Um, uh, sorry, but most runner up to to Mountain Peak that day. Um, Mountain Peak won off a hundred and two twelve months ago, and his lines up here off ninety four. Um, admittedly, he hasn't beaten anything home this season, and is in trap two. So it's a bit 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 of a kind of far fetched to to see him. Um, going well, but look, I, I, I wouldn't rule him out at, uh, at 20s. Um, but look, I'll keep it very simple. I'm going to play Kings Lynn 8 to 1 each way with Hills. Um, stick to what my eye told me, and yeah, I will play him um, 8 to 1 with Hills each way. Okay, final race we'll look at on this uh, bumper edition 220 Ascot Saturday. It's a mile, it's the summer mile stakes, a group two with nine of them, a master of the seas for Charlie Appleby. Is in this race. I haven't seen him since Maidan, where he ran three times over the winter. So he makes his seasonal reappearance in the UK. Aldari for William Haggis in the Shadwell Colours, the winner at Haydock in a listed race in May. And then fourth behind Audience on the 1st of July in the Group 3. Jimi Hendrix, of course, brings that winning form from the Hunt Cup from Royal Ascot into this one for Rafe Beckett, with steps up in grade. Mighty Ulysses. For the Gosson and Angel Blur, another Mark Chan horse. Uh, we mentioned Kin Ross at Newmarket. He's got Angel Blur as well at Ascot. How did you see this one, Bill? Yeah, wide open, wide open race. Doesn't really feel like a Group Two. It feels a little bit below that, without being too unkind. Some of these, it's got more of a kind of handicap feel to it. I mean, the ground will play a big part if the rain does come. Um, I can see there's no way Al Dowry will go off nine to two. He'll shorten right up. Um, Angle blur will short, shorten up too. Um, look, Master of the Seas is very talented on his day, but you're forgiving him a lot. Hasn't shown much in a couple of runs. Um, Al Dari was disappointing last time, but could well have just needed that. And if the rain comes, like I said, he'll be he'll be a player. 
Jimi Hendrix steps out of Handicap Company, obviously a really good winner of the Royal Hunt Cup, so we know the track and ground, and if the rain doesn't come, that'll help him because he obviously handles fast ground and a straight mile at Ascot pretty effectively. Um, but, um, look, this is, this is, um, <clears throat> this is, is, is tricky to say the least. I would say if I had to play this, I'd probably play Regal Reality at eight to one. Uh, for Sir Michael Stout, who's amongst the winners this week. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was an impressive winner at Epsom when we last, last saw him in action. Um, he's a bit hot and cold, but that's kind of reflected in his price. I don't think it's a terrifically hot heat. I think at eight to one, I think he's a real rock solid each way, and he's the way I'd play the race. Now on Sunday, we've got a twilight meeting at Sha Tin Racecourse in Hong Kong, and it's the final meeting of the season. There's a summer break of six weeks after this, so Wally can go off to Mauritius or the Maldives or maybe New Malden. He'll be going somewhere. <laughs> He's with us today to look forward to an 11 race card at Sha Tin. It's Sunday morning, 9 o'clock UK time when it starts, and and well, it's been a great season of racing with some really good horses, Lucky Swainers, Golden 60, or obviously they've been right up there. Wellington, his return. But for Zach Purton breaking the record, and for jockeys like Lyle Hewitson, the South African, getting 50 winners, great season all round, hasn't it? It's It's been an exciting season, I would say. Um, Chris, 88 meetings, as you said, comes to a close. Perton's claimed his sixth championship with a record-breaking 176 and still counting winners. John Sires has claimed his 12th trainer's title, the master trainer, as I've always called him, um, which is an astounding feat. And then you've got, as you've, as you've just turned out, you said the highs have been the continuing success story in the territory of the legendary golden 60, the rapid rise into a world-class sprinter, Lucky Swainess. And let's not forget one of the spectacles of the season was Romantic Warrior blitzing his international rivals in the Hong Kong Cup back in December. I've got to say, though, there's been a few lows. There's been too many average gallopers in the city racing on a weekly basis both at the Valley and Chartine. It's been a bit like the all-weather racing to me in the UK. Definitely, they need fresh blood. They've got to get some more new horses uh, racing in Hong Kong to keep the excitement going. Um, as you mentioned, Lyle Hewitson, yeah. I mean, the continued rise of the former South African champion, young jockey Lyle Hewitson, has been great. He's reached his 50 winners. There's also Luke Ferraris, uh, the son of the former trainer in Hong Kong. He had a treble on um, on Wednesday, but he and Hewitson have been the two good jockeys to follow during the season. I mean, there's been obviously flashes of brilliance from the young apprentices, and you can't leave out Vincent Ho, because Vincent Ho has very, very nearly got to 100 winners this season. Um, and But, of course, you've got the likes in the trainers' ranks of Jamie Richards. The rookie trainers had a, a very good 
first season after a slow start. And he is hoping that the likes of uh, Martin Newham and Cody Moe come out with all guns blazing when the season starts up in again in the new season in September. Now, talking of trainers, this could be on Sunday, could be a sad farewell to the 63-year-old trainer, Peter Ho. Mm. He's had some terrible times in recent years, but his, ter- his training career, um, which has spanned 26 years, he's looking down the barrel of a gun on Sunday because he needs two more wins to save his career. And when I say save his career, Ho had previously twice failed to reach the criteria that you have to get 16 winners in a season, of which you can only count two Class 5 wins. Now, Ho has already got 16 winners this season, but unfortunately, he's had four Class 5 wins, so two of them don't count. So he's got to get two winners because... It says in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Jockey Club decrees um, if you reach three times where you don't get 16 winners, you're out, your training career is finished. So it's three strikes and out. So he's had two strikes, poor old Peter. And if he doesn't get it on Sunday, he's out. So hopefully he will stay. He's got a fighting chance, and I've got to say he's got a fighting chance because mm-hmm. he saddles um amazing victory in the mile handicap at 110. Hurton has obviously asked to ride this horse, which is a major plus to what, well, Purton thinks he can win. And um, it's top, he's got top weight, but his form when runner-up from a similar rating and better company in April gives him a real fighting chance. So he is hoping that amazing victory can win there. And if he's still hanging in there <laughs> half an hour later, yeah, well, I've got to say it like that. Wow. If, he's, if he's still hanging in there, his hopes will probably finally rest on a horse called Happy Daily, who certainly deserves a change of luck in the seven furlong handicap at 145. The five-year-old, listen, he's been plagued with a series of awkward draws since he won last one in October. He's always run well, but from his bad draws, he's always had to go too far back. Right. But oh. this time he gets his chance. He's got a low draw, which means that he won't be so far back. He should be on the rails in midfield, and he certainly gets his chance to, to win the race. Um, to me personally, I've always found Peter Ho a very, very nice genuinely nice, softly spoken man. So I will certainly be cheering him on. Yeah. I've got to talk about the feature race of the day, the Hong Kong Racehorse Owners Association trophy. Um, It's a handicap over a mile at 12.35. Look at it on the paper. It's a really, really highly competitive contest. And it, of course, it includes our favourite horse um, representing the size Purton. Uh, combination Tuchel. Yeah, I mean he's won he's won four of his nine races this season. He's never been out of the frame. He's run all ranges of distances, and he's risen thirty five pound in the handicap or thirty five pound in the ratings. How much left? How much left has he got in the tank? 
who knows? This is a a pretty stern test. This is mm-hmm. if he wins this. It'll be an outstanding performance. And of course he can do, and he'll probably be favourite to win it. But the opposition includes his stable companion, Red Lion, who has equally been good with numerous wins this season, but tries the mile for the first time. A last start winner encountered, who demolished a field at Happy Valley. He's also won at uh, um he's also won at uh, Charted. He's got a chance. And Flaming Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Now, Flaming Rabbit won recently. He's a relatively fresh horse. Um, he's only run a handful of times. He steps up to the mile, which is obviously his best distance going forward. And he's certainly better than his present handicap rating. I'm, I'm absolutely certain about that. That's the ex-German horse, isn't it, Flaming Rabbit? The uh, Yeah. I the mean, miles, he was born. Miles on board, yeah. He was bought specifically to run in the Hong Kong Derby. Think mm-hmm. he was he, preparations were too rushed. He didn't get into it, which was a, probably a good idea. And he's gradually building up and up. As I say, he won pretty easily recently, and um, he's got a big chance. But he's got his conqueror from a couple of races back, Tuchel in operation. So it's it's going to be an exciting and competitive race to end the season in Hong Kong. So it all finishes this weekend, a six-week break. It, the weather's obviously too hot. And then we come back with a, a new season in September. And, and Wally, thanks so much for joining us over the past uh, season, the, the past few months. It's been great getting your thoughts and getting all the news from Hong Kong. Well done to Zach. Well done to all the other um, magical jockeys that have kept us all entertained to John Size as well. You have a lovely summer break and we'll speak to you in the new season in about six weeks' time when Hong Kong will be back pretty much with a bang once again. Many thanks, Chris. Many thanks. Well, there we go. That's all from us for today. Thanks to Wally Pyra, Bill Esdell and our guests, Julie Camacho and Steve Brown. And good luck with Shaquille in the July Cup on Saturday. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released.